difficult, difficult, women. Well, 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 back again. Here we are. Surprise, surprise. We did it. We made it here in your ear. Shocking. Hello. I'm Marie. I'm Katie. And this is the Difficult Women Podcast. That's right. Most difficult women in the world. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. Back from the beach from family vacay. Ooh, nice. That was really great. Despite uh, we had a little bit of septic tank issues. <laughs> Yikes. So we had raw sewage coming up through both toilets downstairs, our Airbnb. Uh, shout out cool. to Airbnb. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Did they do anything to help you? No. I think they're trying to give some money back because, you know, that was uh, shitty. Hey. Hi. Hi. Love uh, it. You know, uh, I, I have some news. Ooh. Everyone. I got back on the dating apps. Shut up. Yesterday. You did? For three minutes and then I deleted it again. <laughs> Because I was like, this sucks. I hate it. This is the worst. I'm, I'm sticking to don't fucking touch me, Summer. I literally was on for three minutes. Three minutes. I like looked a little really? bit and I was like, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't want to do this right now. I'm going to like meet yeah. people organically. Or I don't know what. I don't know. And within three <laughs> minutes, I mean, people, it was like, I had so many messages. Like oh. so many messages. and I, oh, But not, not good. It wasn't good. It felt oh. like desperate, like <laughs> Summer. Which, can I just ask what your app? Hinge. I love Hinge. I like yeah. Hinge. Hinge I like is my Hinge too. favorite. Yeah. No, I haven't reinstated mine either. I'm just, you know, I got three goals for the summer. That's finish my screenplay, mm-hmm. lose some weight, mm-hmm. and record our album. Yes. That's, those are Done. my priorities. If love comes to me, it comes to me. Sounds good. But I got those three things first. <laughs> I honestly went on because I was like, all my friends have left New York City. So I like need to make new friends. And I was like, I just want something to do on the weekend. <laughs> like, yeah. So I get a date. Just to, I don't care who it is almost. Or I thought I didn't care who it was. And then I went on. I was like, nah, never. I'm good alone. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Speaking of not dying alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you are somebody that uh, is interested in having children or wants to know more about having children or perhaps you have children, our guest today is the lady for you. We're so excited. That's right. Since we started the podcast, we've been wanting to have you on and we're so lucky to have you. It's Jessica Lorian. She's a dear friend of mine and she's an actress, uh, choreographer, dancer, extraordinaire. But the reason we're having her on She is the host of the Mamas in Training podcast, and it's such an honor to have you here today to to tell us everything about, you know, pregnancies, miscarriage, I don't know, just the whole shebang. Bodies. Yes. And so her podcast, I'm just going to read it from your website because I think it just says it very nicely. Uh, Mamas in Training is the podcast that gives aspiring moms and pregnant women guidance and community for moms who've been there. So welcome. Thank you, ladies. Oh my God. It's such a joy to chat with you. I have to tell you, (laughs) last year during the pandemic, your podcast was one of the podcasts that like literally, I'm not kidding, literally kept me going. And I have this image of myself because I would always go down to the track here. I, I live in Astoria, New York. I'd always go to the Astoria Park track. And I would, you know, you just had to get some fresh air and get some, you know, energy mm-hmm. and movement. And so I would be doing laps around there and I would just be listening to difficult women. I was like, okay, Katie and Marie, they're, they're walking me through it every week. So Aww. seriously, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, well, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Well, so I wanted to kind of get into your podcast journey. Let's just start with that because so we know each other from working at in events. And so Mm -hmm. we would instead of like doing our job, we would just be in the back talking podcasts. and stuff. So, yeah, it it was so fun. It it did keep us going. (laughs) But so you started your podcast journey around the same time we did. And you had started first with the pumping podcast. Yeah. And um, I thought it was such a great idea for a podcast because it was meant to be for women who were nursing and like sitting around pumping. Pumping and breastfeeding. Yeah. Also, in addition to listening to you guys last year all the time, you also were a huge inspiration. You and our other friend, Michael, were a huge inspiration for me to just start this podcast because we would. We'd just always be like talking about stuff. And I kept asking you questions. And, you know, it was a time in my life. It, I can't believe it was almost two years ago now. Wow. Crazy. Um, and the things I wish I knew back then. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, it was a time where as an actor, I was needing some sort of creative outlet. I was wanting something that I felt like I could control because, you know, as an actor, there's a lot you can't control. And so, and simultaneously, a lot of my friends were starting to get pregnant and having babies. And I don't know if you girls have ever felt this way, but like, you can't really hang with with your friends who are moms, like once that happens, like you don't Mm -hmm. understand the lingo. You don't like, you can hear their stories, but it's hard to really like understand Mm -hmm. and you want to be supportive. And so I was just kind of, I was like, I'm also a weird, I love birth stories and all this stuff. Like you could tell me about (laughs) them all day. I love that stuff. But I, I was had, had this urge and side note, I at the I'm not a mom, not yet a mom. I call myself a mama in training. And if you go over to my podcast, you can listen to episode 20 when it was the pumping podcast before I rebranded it. And that kind of tells my whole story. But in a nutshell, for people who are like, meh, I'm not going to go listen. <laughs> Basically, um, I have an autoimmune disease. And because of the autoimmune disease, I'm on some medication and I'm not allowed it would not be safe, would not be possible to have kids while I'm on this medication. So I'm kind of on this journey to get off of that medication, which is a long, long journey. Um, but I've kind of decided to like turn my mess into my message, as they say, and oh, learn about motherhood. Yeah, like while I'm going through this time. And so, yeah, it originally started as the pumping podcast because my thought, my one of my best girlfriends was saying when she was pumping or breastfeeding, she felt really lonely and like isolated Mm. because she'd have to go into the second bedroom during family outings or like sit in the car before she met up with friends or whatever to pump. And so I thought, well, what if I created something where I interview moms about their journey into motherhood so that women Mm. who are in this moment of isolation can listen and know that they're not alone. So, I released about like 60 or so episodes under the pumping podcast and it was truly, it's been amazing. But then I was really over, over 2020, you know, the beauty about the pandemic is it kind of like got everybody to rethink like what they're doing and why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I felt with the pumping podcast is I was like, where's my story in this, you know? And so that's where this whole rebrand and relaunch came. And so I put the podcast on hold for a couple months and I did an entire rebrand and relaunch and I worked so hard to really figure out what my my intention is and outburst <laughs> that was funny, <laughs> outburst um, mamas in training. And so the thing that makes my podcast different from other pregnancy and motherhood podcasts is that I am my audience. You know, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. you guys, the same Mm -hmm. thing with you, difficult women, like you are the people that you're attracting, but that doesn't often happen with pregnancy and motherhood podcasts, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I know what I'm curious about learning about, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like the other day I just had someone on talking about insurance and like, how do we think about insurance before pregnancy and, and motherhood and all that? Like, that's something I don't know, but for a mom who's already been there, they might not talk about that because they've been through it. They had insurance mm-hmm. that, you know, so anyway, but, but it's, it's truly been, um, completely opening for me and honestly, like saved my life during COVID because it was Aww. something to really lean on. That was positive. Mm-hmm. Well, so you have been rebranded, you relaunched. So everybody, I really do encourage you to go to mamasintraining.com. You have a blog there as well, and you have all the episodes, and the episodes can be found everywhere on all platforms as well. But I also just encourage both men and women to check out your website because it's very informative and and the logo is beautiful. (laughs) All the above. And I just I'm just so impressed by by your journey of where you you've you've started and then now where you're at. Yeah, thanks Marie. It means a lot. And it's kind of cool cuz like with this rebrand, you know, it's like once you focus on things more more just starts coming to you. So like I have women reaching out to me who are like I'm 13 weeks pregnant and I don't know where to begin. Ugh. And I'm not a professional, you know. I've right. I've not even been there, but I can say first of all, I have a community like Come join my Facebook group. Come join my community where you can get support because community I've heard is number one for moms. Mm-hmm. And then I can be like, okay, what do you have questions about? Someone just yesterday messaged, DM'd me on Instagram. Hey, I'm curious about learning about um, hypnobirthing. 
I was like, great. I interviewed the CEO of HypnoBabies. Like, here's Whoa. the episode. Listen, I can connect you if you want. So it's just knowing that I can be of service that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so freaking cool. I love it. Well, and one thing, too, that I just think is so awesome about what you're doing. It made me want to start, like, a motherhood podcast. And I don't <laughs> even know if I'm going to be a mother or if I want to yeah. be a mother. But one thing you sort of realize is, like, as a person with a uterus, any person with a uterus and mm-hmm. and those parts, um, you learn so we we do not know anything about our bodies. Mm. Medicine has not like done and, and we've talked about this on our pod, but like there's just so it's so little how much research has been done scientifically on women's bodies. And so people have like gone off on their own and studied things and learned things and you know women and 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 men too men doctors and things and we have to like compile this information because like what I know from my friends experiences having having babies and stuff is it's like you go to the doctor and you're like I feel kind of weird and they're like yeah that's normal and then they don't explore it any further and they don't tell you why you're feeling weird they don't tell you what's going on they don't maybe even know themselves because they didn't learn it in medical school so Mm -hmm. to have like people that are specialists come on and talk to you about these things like i in listening to your podcast i i'm learning about my body now whether or not i have children in the future yeah you Mm -hmm. know and on the one hand that kind of infuriates me because I'm like, why don't we yeah. know this? Why yeah. aren't we talking about this? But also it makes me go like, okay, now I know if I do decide I want to move forward and try to get pregnant, like what are, pla- where are places I can go? What are resources? What are things I should think about doing? Um, well, and talk about like the idea of like difficult women, you know, we're, we're given this amazing body that can like birth children and, mm-hmm. and, but then we're expected to just turn around and pretend like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And you just went through probably the most traumatic event that you'll ever go through. Even though there's like joy at the end, sometimes for some people there's not joy at the end. For some people mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like they're trying to figure out, you know, when am I going to love this baby? Like that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. People people give birth and then they're like I don't see the love yet and it comes over time, but but like we're expected to just pick up our jobs again, make food for the baby, and sometimes do it all on our own. Like, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And I think the number one thing that I've learned from this podcast is to advocate for yourself. And I think that goes Mm. for any female because Mm -hmm. we have to do our own research and we have to know, like you said, Katie, with our bodies, like, what's even going on? You know, Mm. so important. I have a really good friend of mine who has been trying to get pregnant for two years now and her journey has been so frustrating because none of the doctors are giving her answers. And she, one doctor said it was because she had a, a very large fibroid that was blocking and not able to, to the, for the sperm to, you know, all that sort of mm. stuff. So she had surgery to remove the fibroid. Wow. Went back months later to her other doctor. The fibroid wasn't even removed. She went what? under and had surgery and they they didn't get it. They it was still there. What did they miss it or like were they, they just going I, in there like oh, I don't know. Like how The one doctor who did the surgery said he got it. Her other doctor said it was still there. And no but and she's I mean she's losing her mind. Yeah. With well, this I process. know a fertility coach that she can talk to. So uh, connect her to me. Well, she's also she's also a doula. Like she knows she everything knows. about. Yeah, so she knows everything. And I mean, the thing that she said that is getting her through it is a Facebook group community page. Mm-hmm. There's a fibroids. I, I can look it up, but right. it, it's a specific community of thousands of women who have gone through the same process being told you cannot have children and then right. going to another person saying that you can have children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and for so many women and and Katie and I talk about this all the time, but like for so many women, they know they want to be mothers and have known this forever. Yeah. And to have I just I I talk to her, you know, all the time because she, this is just she has wanted to be a mother her and her entire life. And she's married and they're and then her husband's wonderful and helping her through, but he also just doesn't understand. Right. Just it's the, different. The, the like yeah. Yeah. So it I think it just really what you're doing and providing community for other people to to talk about this because People don't talk about this stuff. Nope. They just don't. No. And no, honestly, no. like I, I have a, and I'm sure some people have like pretty joyous birth experiences, but um, 
a lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. have like very tra traumatizing birthing right. experiences. And I remember like one of my friends had, she kind of had babies earlier than a bunch of my other friends. And I remember asking her like, well, how was it? Oh my God. And it was the first person I could talk to like, you know, as a, on a friend level, like what, what, how did it go? And yeah. she was like, it was great. It was really easy. The baby just slipped out, like whatever. And maybe that's true. But in retrospect, I'm like, I bet you she felt pressure to say mm -hmm. that everything was perfect. Because well, we're not supposed people, to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. How many people would turn around and say, like, actually, it was really fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was scared for my life or this happened or that happened. And that's what we need to hear more of. Yeah. Truly. Absolutely. And just to even prepare yourself, if you it, and I, I I do wonder, like, is is it like a little bit of like, a um you know, a, a what is it called? Um conspiracy like or something <laughs> where like yeah it's yeah. like they try to keep you from knowing mm -hmm. the truth because they're afraid less people will have children which i don't even necessarily think is would no. necessarily be the case i think if you want kids you want kids right but but I, it's weird that like there's this sort of sense of like don't let people know what really happens well i think it's with anything katie because it's like even i know marie we were talking earlier about my most recent episode which is all about your pelvic floor like who goes around talking about how they have like incontinence mm. even people who haven't had babies mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or people who you know aren't having pleasurable sex right like, mm -hmm. that it shouldn't have to be hush hush i mean of course you're not gonna like walk up to the next person you meet and be like hey my name is jazz i pee myself <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but, you know, I mean, I think with a with a group of people in community or like friends that are close to you, I would hope that you would, you know, tell me if something was going on so that I could support you or that you would just say like, yeah, after I had a baby, I can't stop peeing myself and I don't mm -hmm. know why, you know. And I think the thing is, too, it's like we're expected to think that that's what comes along with the bag, you mm -hmm. know, like, well, oh. and that's. So I listened to that episode and it's so good and I highly recommend it again for anybody with a pelvic floor yeah, <laughs> to yeah. listen to Any it female. because and yeah, I learned so much. And in terms of incontinence specifically, I had the, she talked about the the person you had on was talking about um, how there's some women that get like they feel like they have to empty their bladder before they leave and there was all these weird things right. and then they think that that's like active bl overactive bladder mm -hmm. and there's all these things and I have that like anxiety around peeing. So like I'm constantly thinking about like, oh God, I don't want to be out in this room. Maybe because we live in New York too, it's hard to like find a yeah. bathroom. But it's like you start training your bladder to like act a certain way and those sorts of things like I never heard anybody say that out loud. She's a specialist though, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. here's what gets me is that like if I go to a doctor and I if they're like, oh, do you have weird things around peeing I'll be like oh yes actually I do like thank you for asking and they're like oh yeah well that's normal that happens right with your age. or they'll say that oh that's overactive bladder and this is yeah. what you need to take or this and then that's it and instead that was Kim Kim Vopney and instead she's saying no you just need to actually train your body to think of it differently you know, and you to, can do like pelvic, and, and we can talk more about pelvic floor <laughs> later, but the, all the exercises and all these things. And like in terms of we were even saying about like painful sex, which I have l very luckily never experienced, but I know lots of women do that like sometimes you just think like, oh, you have painful sex. Doctors will be like, well, just maybe just grin and bear it or like take this medicine. And there's things we can actually do, like you said, to train uh, your body. So, you know, that was like eye opening to me that I know people have been struggling with. Um, but before we get into the the pelvic floor specifically, um, I, the one big question I had for you was, what is like the most horrifying thing you've learned? About, yes, like, that's what I wanted stuff? to know too. What was the thing you were like, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> this is really, oh, this is a really good question. I might have to think on this for a hot second. Because there's so many? Is it because there's so many horrifying things? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, a little bit. Um, oh my God. I, I'll never forget learning about the afterbirth. Like I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you you what? Well, yeah, so that is one of them. So like after you physically give birth and you go through labor, then you still have to give birth to the placenta. Placenta. Right. So so oh, yeah, you're oh not God. done. It's not like mm. you're you're scots free. Wow. Um well one thing while I'm thinking of something that's like horrifying, 
One thing that came to my mind, um, just in, in terms of like women's health that like, why the heck don't we know this Mm. is, um, Nikki Bergen. She is the founder of the bell method and the bump method, which is like a workout program. And she has online stuff. Mm. I've done her classes. They're amazing. But she teaches this way, which is also connected to the pelvic floor stuff, um, of doing workouts and breathing and engaging your core that is like mind blowing. So instead of, you know, when, when us ladies, oftentimes we just do crunches, right? Well, you'll notice if you do a crunch, your belly lifts up kind of almost looking like a mountain, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of lifts up like a peak. Well, that's not what we want. And it's especially not what we want if we're going into motherhood and we're going to be getting pregnant because that's going to facilitate something called diastasis recti, which is the splitting of your abs. Oh, right. That's what happened to my sister. Her abs split. Right. Anyway. So that's kind of a horrifying thing too. I mean, just like your belly, you know, because it has to get so big and make space for this baby that there's abs separation and there can literally be like a valley there in in between your abs. And so it, this won't prevent it, but it definitely, well, necessarily it could, but it won't necessarily. Um, but it's this, so instead of breathing, first of all, when we breathe to do a crunch or any sort of thing, instead of breathing out into our belly, she talks about breathing sideways, almost like if you put your hands on your ribs, like into your ribs sideways and out. And then when you cr- when you do a crunch or some sort of ab exercise, you... <laughs> tighten your pelvic floor so you and she there's many ways that people talk about doing it but it's like um squeezing it's like a raisin into your anus uh (laughs) blueberry into your vagina and um something else like a um i don't know i forget what it raisin blueberry and something else i know i i I think we have the title for our new album raisin (laughs) raisin squeeze (laughs) there you go there you go raisin in your anus Sorry. It's true. But yes. I love it. Can't see it. It's raisins and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Oh, I could think of costumes and everything. So anyway, yeah, you, you breathe into your sides and then you tighten that. And when you do that, you'll see that your your lower part of your stomach actually flattens. And so when you come up and do a, a crunch, your belly, instead of raising up into a mountain, it flattens down. And so it should be kind of going down and back. And that's going to help. Like she talks about Nikki... Um, talks about it like a corset wrapping around. So Ooh. when you're doing any sort of ab work, it's like this corset that you should be thinking of instead of this just like, oh, oh, in a crunch, like lifting up and up and up in that way. So anyway, that was like a fascinating thing to me because as I started doing the work with her personally, because I took her classes online, I was like, why aren't women taught this? Mm. Because not only is it helpful for birthing and everything else, but like we want to have those cores that are strong and tight that don't pouch out. You know mm. what I mean? And like, so that was one thing that was just like fascinating to me. And then um, what else? Let's see. Yeah, I can't think of something that's like gross. And maybe it's just because <laughs> I'm like I'm like immune to it by now. And gross is like, I think that gross is, I mean, we, I think my, my question is clearly coming from a place of fear, like, right. and the not knowing and the, and that's part of what, um, well, that was another thing that in that last episode you guys talked about, but just that like you, and I never had thought about this. And I don't think a single woman that I know who's gone through childbirth and has kids has had thought about this per se, but that preparing for birth should be like preparing like an athlete you know your body is about to go through something insane and that what we're sort of taught is like just relax don't worry about it when the day comes you'll deal with it and I loved how um they were your guests were talking about too like even like stretching the perineum parent yep um and just in preparation because part of what I think scares and when I think you, when we do like sex ed class when we're in middle school and they talk about this baby coming through your vagina, right. the, the, the like horror and, and the, the amongst the girls, because you're like, what does that even feel like? What is that mm-hmm. going to even feel right. like? And so even in that part where she's talking about, you know, you can do these like stretches or have people come and do yeah. this per, perineum, perineum yeah, but, uh, massage. I, I was actually noticing in the episode, I pronounced it wrong. I was think I was saying perineum, but I think it's perineum. perineum? 
Anyway, anyway. We'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, but, yeah. It's just the same way that like a runner would stretch their, their quads or, and mm. their hamstrings before they would run. Right. You mm-hmm. know? And and I think that that's another thing. I, I, I mean, you've sort of changed my life with that one episode because <laughs> oh, certainly okay. if I ever have children which might happen I don't know I'm still not sure um but like I I feel like oh there's a whole world of um research and community not just community amongst other mothers but like specialists that do these things that are not your doctor your doctor is like not going to help you with this stuff they're not Mm going to tell you any of it they're not they don't even know about it they don't care about it their job is there to make sure that the baby comes out and that you don't die that's kind of like what they're trying to do and they don't really care how you don't die (laughs) they just like try to keep you from not dying and that's maybe and maybe okay fine that's the doctor's job that's why you have to have other people but you know what is terrifying about that to me is it not Many, 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 many people in this country and across the planet don't have the resources to hire mm-hmm, extra right. people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you have, but mean, I do, do you have thoughts about that? Yeah. Well, I do have thoughts about like, so I mentioned before, you know, advocating for yourself. Anyone mm-hmm. can do that. So even if you mm-hmm. can't, if you don't have the finances to get yourself a lactation counselor, get yourself a doula, get yourself a pelvic coach, like these are all things that I've already started a savings account for pregnancy day because I'm like, I want these things in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have those finances, if you at least do the research though, when people are telling you that you have to do things, you don't have to do them, you know? Mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So another example I thought of while you were talking about, which is something that I've learned is something called purple pushing. So mm-hmm. purple pushing essentially is the idea that when you're going through labor, they say, so inhale, hold your breath and push as if you're going to like push a poop out, right? So it's that feeling of like, <gasps> and you're like grinding down, you know, and your face gets all purple. And because your mm-hmm. face is getting purple, that's why they call it purple pushing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Many of my friends and people I've talked to have said like, yeah, that's what the nurse said. The nurse said, okay, so this is how it works. Oh, Mm. wait, side note. Another thing I learned, half of the time, you won't even have your real doctor, either the doctor that you chose, Mm -hmm. because it depends on when you get there, Mm -hmm. or you won't have a doctor in the room until physically the baby's going to come out, like you're usually Mm -hmm. dealing with a nurse. So that was another thing. Just like be prepared for that. But if this nurse or anybody is telling you, okay, take a deep breath inhale and push down like you're going to poop. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Instead, what they recommend is better is breathing through the contractions and through the push. So you're actually taking a deep breath and exhaling as you are pushing. And this is going to allow less pressure down in your vaginal area and help prevent tearing or just any other things that might happen down there. But like, when you are tired, over it, it overwhelmed, and you go into a place like a hospital where they should be telling you all of the best things for you, mm-hmm. and they tell you that you should do something, most women are just going to do it because they think that that's what's right. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to preach here and every time on my episodes is like, if that's not what you want to do, you don't have to mm-hmm. do it. And you can say, Thank you, nurse, for that advice, but I'm actually going to breathe through my pushing, so this is what I'm going to do. Or you have your partner who helps you to deliver that message, or if you're able to have a doula, you have the doula deliver that message so you don't feel like you have to get into it. But, you know, do what feels best for you. But Mm. also, like, I think what happens, too, is that we're not told to do research. So so that, like, when you get to that pushing the baby out you're like i don't know any other way to do it also not to mention every tv show or movie you've ever seen i was just about to say it's like "Ah," you know what i mean like that's all we know that's all they show um do you know anything about like um one time okay one time (laughs) i saw this video and it was as a woman and she talked about silent i don't know it was like silent birth or like relaxed birth and she was like in a warm pool naked Mm -hmm. I feel like she was by herself, but there must have been people around because that seems insane. <laughs> um, and she just like in the you watch the video, she's like going through labor and she's like just but you're watching it. And she looks like she's just like relaxing in a sauna or whatever yeah. or in a spa. And then um, she kind of like goes like 
And then the baby just like pops out. And we were like, what? This can't be. What, what is going on here? But have you ever talked to anybody about those kind of alternative like water birth type things where it's like just very peaceful and very, very like. Yeah, relaxed. for sure. I mean, there's actually I'm I'm on the hunt for the perfect person to um, walk me through what would be considered either a home birth or like a birthing center, which mm. neither one of those things are covered by any insurance or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's an alternate way that people have found, you know, that you get a midwife and you have someone mm-hmm. there who can successfully um, deliver a baby. And do you know, sorry, do you know how much that sort of thing costs? No. Out of pocket? And that's also on my list of like, because I want to find someone to come on to talk to me about how much even costs to have a baby. Right. Because I, mm-hmm. I want to know that. So I don't know. And I think it would vary and it would vary probably in your town or state sure. or whatever too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so yeah, about the birthing center. I remembered a story that uh-huh. I can tell you about this, but- I think, first of all, it does depend on every single woman, of course. And some people have a bigger pain tolerance. Some people have a bigger pelvic floor. Some people have, you know, the whole nine. So, like, I know somebody who did – she she was in a bathtub at a hospital, actually, not at a birthing center, just relaxing. And then her husband was going to go she, just move the car because they had, like, put it in a random spot. And she's like, hold on one second. I just have like a little contraction coming through. Like, come grab my hand. And she grabbed his hand. And then she's like, oh my God, can you look down? I think I think he's coming out. And she she was, it was a contraction that was just kind of like, she, she described it as just a bad period pain sort mm-hmm. of contraction. And she just breathed through it. And sure enough, he looked down and there's the head of the baby coming out. So then they had to go get the nurse and the baby was like out in the second. So there are people like that who just, you know, Mm -hmm. because of different situations. Yeah. It just kind of comes out easily. But, um, home birth and birthing centers, I think are fascinating. There was one woman who described, I had a doula on and she was talking about, um, a patient that she had who she actually, so she is a doula, but she was actually serving in this birth as a photographer but mm. just in case, whenever she does that, she said she brings her doula bag just in case to have Smart. me prepared. And this woman had already had five kids. This was going to be her sixth kid. And she had her had the baby at home. And so she was describing it as like all the other kids were in the hallway, like <laughs> sitting together, all like waiting. She was in the bathroom and she was in the bathtub. And she said, out of nowhere, the woman started feeling like, oh, I got I to gotta push. I got to push. And my, this woman, um, the, the photographer, quote unquote, doula, was like, okay, well, the midwife is on the way, but she's not here yet. Oh and the mom, God. she knows. And the mom yeah. has had five. So she's like, this baby is coming. She goes, I got to get out of this tub. Mm. And she stood up and <gasps> she held on to the side of the sink. And literally, as she's standing up... The woman that I interviewed, working as the birth photographer, had to hold the head of the baby in until literally it was only like, you know, the midwife was literally coming within the minutes, you know. So the midwife at the same time happened to come up. She, the the woman I interviewed, yelled to the midwife, the baby's coming, like, hurry your ass up. And so, but she had to hold on to the baby. Otherwise, the baby would have literally fallen Fallen out. out, Which is so scary, too. Don't drive your babies. Yes. And so she said she literally did like a pass off once the midwife came in there. The midwife grabbed the hand. She was able to quickly grab her camera. She's Oh, my God. Oh, she's like a rock star. Yeah, she's literally. She's the best. But, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, there are women like that. I mean, granted, she had five kids before, so she was probably right. a well-oiled right. machine. When she knew what it was going to feel like or, right. or to, and not that it's even every pregnancy is different, I guess, though. That's a whole other thing. Well, and there's also people like one of my best friends just had a second baby and she was going through contra- contractions and she knew that they were contractions, but she mm. was up and she was singing and she was dancing because that helped her feel better. Mm-hmm. And she had this terrible nurse who was like, you're not mm. going through contractions. And she's like, no, I am. I know that I am. She's like, you wouldn't be smiling and singing if you oh. were going through a contraction. She's like, uh, okay, well, you can feel my belly and like feel that it's a contraction. The woman went over and like felt it. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess it does feel like a contraction. She's like, but I don't think it is because, you know, you wouldn't be singing. She's like, 
So it's just... That's interesting, too, because that's two sides of the coin, right? Because, like, there, on the one hand, we're told, and this is why it's scary, is that, like, how horrifying birth is. And sometimes it can be, like, if you know what you need to know, it can mm-hmm. be so much easier to go through it. Right. And then on the other side of the coin, it can be horrifying if you're yeah. not being told the right things or you don't know what's going to happen or whatever. So that's very interesting, too, to me. But it, But both of them come back to the same issue, which is, like, not being educated about it and not like you know educating 100%. women yeah god I, I have a i have a question and i feel like this is such a dumb question but i, I i'm learning about this stuff obviously but it's okay there's a doula mm-hmm. there's a midwife mm-hmm. and then an obgyn delivers mm-hmm. well if the, if like if, it depends at a hospital a midwife mm-hmm. can deliver a baby like a doctor. Right. If oh, I've seen there's called no mid- doctor called midwife. I love that show on people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, like you're going to have a- there's th- Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you're going to have a home birth. On and- <laughs> yeah. If you're going to have a home birth, you you have like you have to have a midwife. You can't Okay. Well, I don't know if you can't. You probably can just have a doula, but basically you want a midwife because they're technically certified to deliver a baby. The point of the doula, and there's also two types of doulas. There's a, a regular doula that you might have before pregnancy and through birth. And then there's also a postpartum doula that you can oh, hire. Really? And hmm. so the point of the doula, though, is, and I forget, I should look this up real quick while we're chatting, but doula means something like for woman or like it means hmm. something like that. And the intention of doula is to be completely focused on you not even focused mm-hmm. on baby, focused on you. Mm-hmm. So whatever oh, wow. it is that your wishes are or that you desire. And so- It's like a wedding planner. To- completely, <laughs> completely. And and so much so that like, like say, say you just give birth and your family wants to come into the room, but you've told the doula like, nope, no family. It could be the ju- doula's jo- job to go out into the oh, waiting room and say like, sorry, guys, she's not in the right place to, ha-, you know what I mean? And then that's something that you and your partner don't have to do. But um, but yeah, and then the OBG is somebody that, you know, so you could have an OBG delivering and mm-hmm. then a doula in the room taking care of you oh, along okay. with your partner supporting you. So that's kind of how. It would all go. Have you, have, have. You interviewed any women whose partners aren't in the room? Because I have, I've only, I guess I've read this in books and things, but some women not wanting their partners to see them in that way. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever, or at least they haven't communicated to me that they haven't had their partner in the room because of that reason. But that would be interesting to, if there's anybody out there, I'd like to know your opinion on that. But, um... Because of COVID, I've interviewed right. people that unfortunately oh, can't God, have their partner. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Thing. Terrible, that's right? Crazy. Or I've interviewed people where it was such an emergency that like like for example, this one woman was going through labor and then all of a sudden needed to have a C section. And the way that it worked out and the timing, everything was like really kind of traumatic and scary. And so the the father wasn't able to get into the room Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. time because honestly the doctors were just too concerned to like deal with him they had to just focus on her and the baby and then by the time he came in the baby was born um so those are the only situations that i've experienced like that but i mean it's hard right yeah and it seems like it's up to each individual's personal journey with yeah that but yeah, I read something like that and I was like, oh my God, my partner will be right there catching my poo if that's, <laughs> if that's how that goes down. I know. Just going to say though, I, there's something really cool to me too though about like, uh, yes, I would. Li- I, I think I would like my partner to be in the room. Although who knows on the, the day of, I don't know. Yeah. But I do really love the idea and we don't really do this here in, in the West really generally, but like unless you set it up this way, but I also love the idea of like a woman giving birth being surrounded by women. I know. Who are supportive. They do that in the Handmaid's Tale, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But not in that kind of under duress. Not not exactly. No, we talk about this too of just like, um, we we are totally here for communities helping raise children rather than just like 
a mother it all being on the mother it needs like friends and family and you know i was just gonna say that like we, we that is such an american and and capitalist sort of western notion totally. too that like oh you have the baby and then you have to you have to deal with it by yourself and like if you're lucky you have a partner that'll help but even then like the partner it's like mm, they doesn't they don't really have to help it's more about the mother now you're a mom now you have to like deal with this shit and even and also in that last episode that i was uh, listening on your thing about how they were talking about how if you have a baby you need to rest and how are you supposed to rest? Especially if you've had a C-section. You've had major surgery. But yeah. even in that episode, they're saying, even if you didn't right. have a C-section, you're um, supposed to rest. Right. Yes. And like, how are you supposed to rest if there's zero community? And like mm. one thing that like over and over and over I'm seeing in this country is a dismantling of any kind of community. It's just right. like this. Er, and, and sorry, not sorry, but like a lot of these and not only say like Republicans per se that are voting Republican because people sometimes have community in their church and things. But like the things that those Republicans vote for tend to be a dismantling of community. Mm-hmm. And that includes not wanting to pay taxes. Right. That's an anti-community and and, and not wanting to pay for um, someone to have like child care after they've given birth and someone not wanting to like, you know, if you're if you're voting against uh, having paid leave after you have a baby, that is against any kind of community or any kind of family family values. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that kind of stuff makes me just fully nuts. Um, and I, well, I don't know. Do you know anything about like, let's say you were a, a New York City lady and you are a New York City lady who was having a baby for the first time and you have your partner, but then you don't necessarily have any family in town or maybe you have no family. Are there places where you can like have people, are there communities of women that will like help each other out like that? Or does that not even exist? That's a really good question. And I, I don't yeah. know the answer to it. Yeah. I mean, short of like, you know, hiring, like we were talking about, hiring right. a doula and this kind Which of thing. I, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about that. It was really interesting. This whole conversation reminded me um, the new app that I don't know if many people are on called Clubhouse. So mm-hmm. I've been loving it, especially because it's all audio and you really kind of can connect to people. Well, and I also pop in all these mom rooms and it's just mm-hmm. fascinating to me. But I popped into this one and basically there was a conversation around, you know, put that postpartum time. And there was this woman who came on from, I think she was from Nigeria. And she was like, she came in and she was basically saying like, y'all have it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was saying like, at home, the way we do it, the mother gives birth. The mother is like barely even takes care of the child. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. does not get out of bed. That's how she it's supposed to be. She does not do anything, right? Yeah. She like people, there's a, like you were talking about, it's like a an ant farm, you know, comes oh. on mm-hmm. and it's just like, mm-hmm. we got the cleaning, we got the house, we got the this, mm-hmm. we got the that. And I do want to put a little side note in there that there are some people that I've heard that that that's not for them. You know, mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. right. maybe it's going to cause you more stress to have your mm-hmm. family or your in-laws or friends <laughs> around. Because mm-hmm. I've also heard that like just having people in your space sometimes can make you feel like you have to entertain. So then you're not able to relax. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a caveat to everything. But that's also cultural, right? Because like if right. you knew, yeah, anyway, but yes. Continue. Yeah. Like if you could just say like, like if, if it didn't have to be this idea of when someone's in your house, you can entertain. Right. If you knew like, oh, this is how we do it. Like I get to rest and everyone's going to take care of me. Great. <laughs> exactly. Know? But right. I do think and I think what kind of to circle back how this conversation, how we can turn it to good is I think what we can do if we're in that, you know, aspiring mom phase or we're, if you're pregnant you have to really take the action now to set up that community. Mm, And Mm. besides advocating for yourself, the next thing I hear most is ask for help. Right, right. And so truly, like, give your friends, hey, Katie, hey, Marie, I'm going to, you know, this is my due date and Mm -hmm. I need someone to help me with cooking. So Mm. I know that you have a little extra time. Can you or someone that you know, like – can you come and help me with cooking? Hey, do you have somebody that can come and clean my house once a week? Hey, do you, you know, whatever it is. Gosh. And what I like about, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what I like about that is that like, when I think about trying to help a friend in a that kind of community way, I'm like, oh, I yes. don't know anything about a baby. I don't want to help the baby. But I could absolutely cook oh, or yeah. I could clean or I could absolutely do any of that stuff or, you know, that's where like and and the truth is like that's where a partner is really important. But that partner can't do it all either. No. Mm-hmm. 
So and it's I think like the other part to that, I think, is like us as as single ladies. I think, you know, I often go into these clubhouse rooms, for example, and when moms are talking about like finding mom friends and stuff, I often tell them like, also, don't forget about your single single girlfriends. Yeah. Because mm. sometimes the single girlfriends, like depending on who they are, they might not jive with you. But there might mm. be the weirdos like me who love babies, love moms, love everything like that. And like, I'll drop I'll, I'll drop anything to come help you with anything you need. Mm-hmm. But ask. But I think sometimes women who are pregnant or new moms, they're hesitant to call on their single lady friends. But I want to encourage people out there like First of all, if you're a single lady friend and you have someone that you know who's going through this, offer your services. Offer mm. to go clean, to go pick up dinner, to whatever it is, even if it's just once a week. Like, don't mm-hmm. and I'll, wait. This is the other thing I want to say, and then I'll get off my soapbox because no, it's great. <laughs> <I can talk laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> I think the other thing I want to say is, do not ask a new mom, "What can I do for you?" Mm. Or do you need any help? Instead, Mm. come to them with a solution. Mm. Come to them and say, hey, next Monday, I have free. So I'm going to come by if it's okay with you, and I can do this, this, or this. Mm. Or say, hey, I'm not able to come by, but I want to give you, I want to gift you a month of cleaning services. So what Mm -hmm. would be the best day that someone comes over? You know, Mm -hmm. tell them what you could, because a new mom is not going to often say it. I mean, I think they should, but they're not gonna. So the way that we can support women like that is to just declare, this is what's going to happen, whether you like it or not, Mm because I want to support you. And how does this fit into your life and schedule? Mm. I would even say that for a, a, person who's going through a miscarriage um, to show up I have a a friend who had a miscarriage about a month ago and she's having such a hard time and it we've been talking about it and it's just because it's so taboo to even speak about it and like I didn't even know she was pregnant I mean it was early but you know doesn't matter yeah yeah she had a name picked out I mean her and her partner it was just but nobody talks about it. And also I feel like she was trying to be women are just like we're try we're we're taught to be warriors. Like we have to like, you know, emotionally hold it in and be strong for our families and that and she has two other kids also, so she doesn't want them to see her crying or, you know, being so sad and but I mean this is heartbreaking. It's yeah. heartbreaking. And so I like this idea of just showing up, not because I I mean I I will say that I did is there anything I can do for you? How can I help you? But now they that I'm going to show up, yeah, I'm going to show up with a bucket of chicken, you know? That's Seriously. <laughs> just some, yeah, I think that's yeah. great advice. I think yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. I also, um, I'm glad that you said that about miscarriage because I actually have an episode, two episodes coming out that are not going to be easy to listen to, but I think they're important to listen to. One that is all about miscarriage and this one woman's experience who's actually, uh, she was a former guest on the Pumping Podcast, so now she's coming back to tell her miscarriage story. Um, and then I have another episode coming out about stillbirth and Mm, this woman who talks to me is just amazing. She's now a doula and she has two successful sweet little, well, not, they're not little anymore. They're in there like seven and 10, I think. Um, so she has healthy, as she says, um, breathing babies, but, um, she had several miscarriages a lot of trauma with both of even the successful births and pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk about stillbirth. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing, Marie, because these these women who go through these things, and I think it's like miscarriage, I think is one in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. The numbers are like staggering. It's That's like crazy. one in, it's either one in four or one in seven. Um, and you're right. It's not, it's we're it's this whole stigma you, we push it down we don't talk about it mm. um and everyone's also going to deal with it in their own way but i think send the gift card you know don't mm-hmm. ask send the the you know week of meals just send mm-hmm. the, you know just do it mm-hmm. and worst case scenario if they don't eat something if they don't use something it goes to waste but at least they know that they were thought about. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's important. And it's also really important right now, again, for any of our listeners that are like, oh, what do I care about 
births and babies. I'm a man or I'm whatever. I'm a single woman. I'm not going to have kids. All of this also ties into um, what's happening right now in our country in terms of Roe v. Wade and rights, yep. you know, women's rights over their bodies and things. Because things like we're getting very close to this notion that uh, a miscarriage could be some sort of a crime. And if 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 the rates are seven, but also just to say, if, if the rates are one in seven, then I mean, how, you know, that's I, I'm just saying that not to be an alarmist, but um, just no, just sound the alarms. Because yeah. did you know that the members of the Pennsylvania legislature just voted to fine women who miscarry and force go. them to fill out a form for it? There you go. This is in Pennsylvania. No. A fine. As if there's anything. I mean, this is where this is like. This is where it's at. We're, we are heading in a place where it is Handmaid's Tale. Absolutely. There is an assault on women's bodies and it is it's like a witch hunt. There's also and you might want to cut this out of the episode because I don't know the deets. Maybe you've heard about this. But my husband was just telling me something last night about some state I forget which one it is that is talking about like the death sentence for a for abortion have you heard about this yeah i mean i definitely know it that those be things have been flying I, those kinds of notions have certainly been flying around for a while there's i don't know how far like, they're getting but yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't well there's like you know legislation out there for like burying you have to bury your the fetus if you miscarriage and all that sort of stuff well, and you know what? That's freaking probably why women don't want to talk about it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know? So I I hear that side of it. Mm. Well, especially if there's a fine. But that <laughs> right? makes it that makes it even uh, what did I hear? It was like we need to even change the language of like what miscarriages are cuz they say it's like a failed pregnancy. Yes. But it's like the word failed like it makes the woman feel like she has failed at something. Yeah. But that's not No. Like let's change this whole way of thinking about it well and also i think one thing we don't talk about with miscarriage is that like why is their body rejecting that baby like there's very likely something going on in that process where exactly. that 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 fetus is just not viable like maybe it's mm-hmm. gonna come out and be a stillbirth or whatever it's gonna be so that there's a reason why your body miscarries and it's not because you are a failure no, it's not right. because you should get fi- i mean the idea that you would get fined for your body uh, doing exactly what it's supposed to do yeah is i mean it's like getting fined for farting like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? right. or it's like because getting it's fined like, for getting cancer right you know, right. can't prevent it it just right. happens right but this is again like men making the decisions for over women's bodies and i think that men that don't think that this stuff is important in their votes and stuff what they don't understand is like they what this means in the long run right so when they're like well who care abortion i mean it's not really my issue and yeah maybe babies are important so abortion rights but like or not, you know, anti-abortion, whatever. But what you don't understand is how far down the line this impacts women of all people that want children, <laughs> people that right, you know, right. and people. But and that's not to say, and and also people that don't want children shouldn't be forced to have children, right? And it's and birth giving and when people say that was another thing I saw recently about people being like, well, what about you know just adoption and everybody should just put their children up for adoption instead of having an abortion. It's like the process of child. It's not that they that they don't want kids. It's that they do not want to be pregnant. They do yeah. not want to give birth. It is very, it's a very big deal. Right. Yeah. It's not nothing, <laughs> and that's another reason why it's important to talk about how it is a big deal. Because um, maybe some of these men that think like, ah, everybody has a baby, whatever. It's like, no, you know, our bodies are just just disposable. Yeah, right. And that's why, again, going back to your podcast, that's why it's so incredible that you're having these conversations with all, you know, I was looking at your whole roster of episodes, but you've interviewed a a military mother. You've talked about, you've had a cheerleader, like a lactation coach. You've, Mm -hmm. you've, um, you did an episode on, uh, you know, the COVID vaccine for pregnant women. Like you're going all across the board. And I just think it's so special. It's such a special podcast for women, you know, for mamas in training, women who are pregnant and women who have kids. Like it's just all across the board. Just such a great you're having such really 
important conversations that and, need to happen way more and honestly than they are. i'm going to be listening to way more yeah. of episodes and oh, i don't even thanks. like podcasts sorry guys but i don't like them um but yours i'm like i would i want to listen to more episodes of your podcast so i really do encourage our listeners um and them especially and in some ways especially the men because i think that yes. let's make sure mm-hmm. people know more about what the birth situation you know what birth is really about and he's so, had a couple of men on also yeah your podcast yes yeah mm-hmm. and well um yeah one of our good friends actually we had mm-hmm. on um talking about their journey as two dads too I mean yeah. that's a whole nother thing I've also interviewed two moms um mm. so I think I, I like Katie that you said that about about the men because I think oftentimes you know my percentage of male listeners, I'd be really interested to see who they actually are. So if anyone's listening, who's a man who's listened to my podcast, reach out to me because <laughs> I praise you. But I think it's it's really interesting because you could really get some good insight into mm. what the females in your life need or desire mm-hmm. or how you can help support them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really interesting point too. But, but thanks, ladies. I mean, I I just feel like there seems to be a gap and there still seems to be a gap. And every single time, like I said earlier, when we started, someone reaches out to me and says like, I'm pregnant. Where do I begin? You know, of course, like buy the what to expect book and buy this and Mm. buy that. But like, I'm trying to talk to the reason why I say in sort of my tagline, so to speak, is the women from moms who have been there. I I make sure that my guests are moms because I want to make sure that they're delivering information based off of what they've experienced. And oftentimes Mm. you see that, you know, a lactation counselor became a lactation counselor or consultant because they had a shitty lactation experience Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of these things happen. Uh, Doula, like this woman I told you about with the stillbirth, she became a doula because she realized the importance. She says that her doula truly like saved her life because Mm. she had hired her doula before her trauma with the stillbirth and her doula was the one that like brought her through that whole journey. So Mm -hmm. therefore she became a doula. So that's why, you know, the people that I'm interviewing, I want to make sure that they've been there, that they've experienced it um, because I think it just touches home a little bit more. So. Ugh. Jessica, you're amazing. Totally. Thank it's you. everybody go listen to Jessica's podcast. Please. It's funny. We didn't even get to what the fuck the pelvic floor well, is, you know but what? it doesn't matter. It but doesn't you know, matter. If you want to know yeah. more about the pelvic floor, it's yes, very easy. Listen. You just listen to the la- latest episode of um, Mamas in Training and uh, there you go. You'll know yes. more versus us just talking about what we heard. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, I think that's well, so- interesting too, because it's like it's not that episode specifically can be for anybody, like you said, yes, Katie, yes. who has a uterus and who, yes. um, you know, I, I think the key point in there to boil it down is like we need to be go going to see a pelvic floor physio before mm. there's even trouble, mm-hmm. and that's not even talking about pregnancy or anything. Like an OBG has a reason and a purpose, but also a pelvic floor physio is going to tell you the strength and the health of your pelvic floor. Mm. And it's not necessarily something that we would ever consider doing, but like go get it checked out now, see how you are in a healthy, normal state. And then if things change, you know how Mm -hmm. to like move forward, you know, as opposed to like waiting until it gets bad. And then you're like, oh Mm. crap. Um, So anyway, that's what I say. That's Love the it. summary of the episode. <laughs> yes. Well, please tell how people can find you. Absolutely. So, um, well, first of all, you can find pretty much any of the episodes on mamasintraining.com. On Instagram, we're at mamasintrainingpod, P-O-D. Um, if you want, if you are an aspiring mom or a pregnant woman, or even if you're just a new mom and you want some more support, you can also join our Facebook community, which is just Mamas in Training on Facebook. And um, you can find me, oh, also on Clubhouse. If you're a fan of Clubhouse, you can just follow me at Jessica Lorian. And I jump into all kinds of rooms, but I jump into a lot of mama rooms. And so I I recommend that I'll probably, the only room that was really funny, I have this one woman who <laughs> followed me recently. And I jumped into this like mom's uncensored room on Friday night. <laughs> and like you ladies would all love it. The stuff that they talk about, just I listened because it just makes me laugh. But I saw this woman follow me in there and I'm like, oh God, she's probably wondering 
what is this girl listening to? So I, I jump <laughs> into it. a variety of crazy rooms, but no, they're all good. So yeah. And, and seriously, 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 I respond to all of my DMs. So if someone is has a question about something, I want to find the answer for you and I want to support you. So please shoot me a DM on Instagram or a message through my website, anything. And I promise I'll, I'll get back to you. Wow. This is great. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. You. I'm enlightened. You've changed my life. Um, thanks, Katie. It's really Love you, crazy. Girls. Yeah, I really, and I don't say that lightly. I do mean it. Um, so thank you so much. I'll be in New York soon and I'll give you a hug in person. Very oh my soon. God, I can't wait. I know. Can't wait. I love you. Thanks for being on the pod. Of course.